John 20, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Now, by the way, the other disciple here is John, because he wrote it, so it was, you know, like, so Peter and I, so he didn't do that. And the other disciple, both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter, you know, got this little competition, like Keith and me and that, no, I got there first, no, I got there first, you know. So, so he, it bothered him that he ran faster than Peter to reach the tomb, because he was younger, you know, and, and reached the tomb first. He bent over this John and looked in the strips and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. That was the first Easter morning. If I can, or if all of us can, when we read this passage again, whether it's on our own, try, try to read it as if you do not know what will happen next. Try to read John 20 again as if you did not know that Jesus has rose from the dead. And, and, and Mary Magdalene, it took a girl, a girl, a woman that went first. The prologue of the day didn't quite commensurate with the main text of the day. The Easter that we know today is a victorious and an overcoming one. But that morning, Mary, Mary did not go and celebrate, Hallelujah, Jesus is. No, Mary did not go there to, to party because my Lord has left the tomb. She went there to mourn. She went there not to celebrate and to because it was after the crucifixion of Jesus, she needed to prepare Jesus' body. And to her horror, when she reached there, her mourning turned into fits of anger. For they have taken the Lord's body. So they, they now look at Jesus as a corpse. I went there to mourn for my Lord, the Savior supposedly of my life. But it's gone. The tube, the stone had been rolled away and he was not there anymore. So she came back running to Simon Peter and the other disciple and told them, they have taken our Lord's body. And so, I don't know where they put them. And so the both of them followed along, running to the tomb after hearing Mary. John didn't enter. He merely peered in from the outside. Perhaps he was thinking, and perhaps he was reflecting about what had happened, or perhaps he was just too fearful to even go in 
and it was just way too much to bear. That they have spent the last three and a half years of their lives giving their all, giving their best. And now this guy that I've pledged my life is dead. But the way the cloth that was used to wrap around Jesus' head, and if we look at the scripture again, it was an interesting observation by John to actually highlight the wrapping of the linen on Jesus' body that was still lying there. It says, he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. The way the tomb was laid and the linen that was left there, it didn't seem like there was a struggle. If you are going to be a corpse stealer, I do not think anyone has the courage to actually unwrap the body and say, oh, we want to just take the body and not the cloth. I don't mind carrying a dead person running around in the night. Let me just unwrap this guy and now take his body with our own bare hands. In fact, it wasn't any like that, but John was observant. It felt more like a graceful release. As John Stott vividly suggests that what they saw was like a discarded chrysalis from which the butterfly has emerged. What a beautiful picture. It felt like the cocoon has finally released the caterpillar because it has turned into a butterfly. The Bible says, upon seeing that, John believed. But then, did he believe? But that belief did not transpire to further action. They didn't pursue further. They went back to where they were staying. So in verse 10, then the disciples went back to where they were staying. So very often, lives like that, that you, wow, that's pretty amazing. In a short while, you'll see people giving their hearts to Jesus. Wow, I see these people are happy. You know, you believed, but you did not take the next step. Wow, these people are getting water baptized. How many of you, you're getting water baptized today? Where are you seated? Is it over there? Come on, church, let's give, oh, over there as well. Come on, let's give them a big hand. Amen. And, and, and you believe, but you never take a step further. And... And it's like, you know, belief is enough. You don't have to get baptized. Well, it's not like that for them, but they just believed. And because it was just John, and they went back to where they were staying. Sometimes, church, we can be in the right place at the right time, but still missed the moment. Sometimes we can be in the right place at the right time, but still missed the moment. You know, a God moment may not always be exciting. A God moment may not always be like an Easter Sunday. I want to encourage you, church, and Christians alike, that don't just come to church when it's Easter, when there's a lot of partying, 
Because a God moment may not just happen today. It may not be like soak and sound feel. It may not have all the trappings of a modern concert. It may just look like just another ordinary, unassuming day. And it was that day, least expected by the two disciples together with Mary. And so, what shall we do? If I do not want to miss a God moment, what shall we do? We're going to learn from Mary that to not miss it, we need to learn to just linger a while more and wait. We are living in a disordered society today. We watch the video that we are promoting for the conference. Everything is in a rush. Everything is chop-chop and quick and get it done and over with. We eat our meal quick, we talk quick, we watch movie, it also has to be quick. <clears throat> it's just a bit longer, then it's not a good movie anymore. We want church to be quick. We want church to be chop-chop. Anything more than one and a half hour service, this is not a good church. It's too long. And, and we, we need to learn, friends, to linger, to learn to wait, to learn to enjoy a meal with our loved ones, to learn to look at somebody in their eyeball and have a meaningful conversation with them and not trying to read our phone, talk to our person, reply email, and at the same time, try to feed your baby. We have to learn to wait a little longer because the two of them that came later went back. Mary instead lingered at the tomb. I don't know what she was waiting for. No one has ever heard a story of a corpse being stolen. And this is the Lord. This is Jesus. Why would they steal it? Is it because the Roman Empire didn't want to be found to have crucified the wrong guy? So let's dispose of the body and we do not know what happened to him. But then, if that's the case, what's good lingering there? What's good hanging out when you know that it is not possible to see Jesus again? But Mary, in Mary's case, she lingered, she waited, and then she bent over to look into the tomb again. My church, again, is the magic. Sometimes we need to do it again. Love again. Care again. Serve again. Worship again. Give again. She bent over to look into the tomb again. Again. Do it again and again and again. If the first time you come to church, you did not encounter Jesus, come again. If the first time you pray and your prayer is not answered, pray again. If your first time you knock and the door is not open, knock again. If the first time you hope but you were disappointed, 
hope again. So verse 11, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Before Jesus was crucified, he was hung between two bandits. After he was glorified, he was placed between two angels. What beautiful picture that you will no longer be known by sinners around you when God has lifted Jesus up, when God has lifted us up. It will be angels surrounding us. They ask her, Woman, why are you crying? Well, for a start, we know the angels can talk and the angels can talk in your language, right? It would be funny if the angels speak in tongues and uh, Mary would be like, come see me, you know? Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said. And I don't know where they have put him. It mattered to Mary. They've taken my Lord. Even though he's dead, it doesn't matter. I don't know where they put him. I want him back. And as she saw the two angels, she poured out her heart and said, this is not right. I want that body back. Mary was dejected, just like the disciples. If you have put your hope so much in God, and God is dead, and it's not there to be found in a tomb, it's going to hurt. But if you came on Saturday night, Jesus knew. God knows. God always knows. He knew where He was. He knew where He is. He knew where He would be. At this, Mary turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? This is now the third guy in the tomb. Who is it you are looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, man, this God came as a carpenter, now became a gardener. My God. She said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him back. This is how determined this woman is. She was like, I don't care. Tell me where. I'll get him back. Even though just body. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turns towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher church. This, this is the moment the whole heaven, the whole universe breaks open. Resurrection has taken place. Resurrection is recognized. Resurrection is finally understood and experienced and humans. Come on, let's give God, let's give Jesus a big hand. Come on, shout to God. Hallelujah. 
the moment Jesus called out to her and not woman why are you crying she said oh my God oh she didn't say oh my God I said oh my God that's a real literal oh my God at the right time at the right place she said Rabboni to God resurrection was always the plan to us on this side of the realm that was the first ever encounter and the first word of the new order for all humanity is your name Mary John Esther Keith George Mindy Linda Faith When God calls your name And when you hear His voice That's when resurrection Happens For you Jesus said Do not hold on to me For I have not yet ascended to the Father Go instead to my brothers And tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father To my God and your God Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. I have seen the Lord, Mary said. Have you seen the Lord? Have you experienced Christ this Easter? Have you met Jesus? You know, it took a woman. You know the, if you know the Jewish culture, women's words don't carry a lot of weight. But it took a woman to see Jesus first. And the two of them went back. I want you to know, if the story ended there, and they went back, they've been at the right place at the right time, but they missed that moment, they went home. It is like you come to church, you heard the testimony, you saw the beauty of worshipping God. You missed the moment, you went home. And if that's how the story ends, gosh, it would have the biggest miss in the entire universe. But on the evening of the first day of the week, that evening, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and say, peace be with you. Aren't you glad that Jesus did not, since you didn't wait for me, too late guys, bye-bye. No. But this is the first time Jesus appeared to them with locked doors and with fear. Friends, are the doors of your heart locked today? Are you fearful? of being ridiculed but the fact that you're known as a Christian I like to be known as a Christian but only on Sunday I like to be known as a Christian but only when I'm with my friends that I know go to church but Jesus did not punish them is the door of your heart locked today you're afraid that becoming a Christian is not cool 
becoming a Christian is not relevant. Jesus says, peace be with you. Permanent peace be with you. Jesus rose from the dead to offer us permanent peace. A peace that is not circumstantial, a peace that is not determined by our material world, but planted deep inside in our inner world. Verse 20, and he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. I want you to know this morning, you will be overjoyed when you have Christ in your life. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. Why don't you turn to a neighbor and say, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. <sighs> you know, it's so beautiful today when Paji collected the offering. It's in John 20. The work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit was given. Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sin, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. In verse 24, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So we have Mary, you have Peter and John almost missed that moment, but Jesus went to meet the disciples. And then you have Thomas, the Connect Group member that forgot to turn up. And uh, everyone was there, checking attendance. Peter, John, James, Matthew, hey, Thomas, 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 Thomas. Uh, cell group leader, I don't know who is cell group leader, most likely Peter. Lah. Uh, because John is too introvert to talk to people. He's just thinking all the time. Maybe Pastor Andrew is Pastor Andrew, John, and I, V, NKJV Lao. Pastor Andrew is deep thoughts. So Peter is the cell group leader. So James said, Peter, Thomas forgot tonight got cell group. He didn't come. So, the, so he came later. The other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord, you know. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, this is like a week later. Can you imagine everybody celebrating and partying and the Lord is risen? And a week later, and the whole week, Thomas is like walking around. I don't believe, I don't believe. Show me the hands, show me the marks. I don't, and everyone is partying. Everyone is rejoicing and everyone there has already received the Holy Spirit. This Thomas, no, I don't believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. This time, he got the memo, he turned up for Sao Though the doors were locked, they still locked their doors. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. One more time, turn to your neighbor, say, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, he knew Thomas has not yet believed. Thomas did not ask him. I mean, Jesus did not ask him. Jesus knew. Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. 
reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, and this is now a verse for every one of us. Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. God calls us blessed. Jesus called you blessed that though you have not seen, you have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. Some of us, I know, may not be in a house, may not be so quickly able to respond to God. Be like Peter, they will believe a week later. That's why a week later, we have after party for all the Thomases to come and celebrate with us. It's a week now. It's after party. Have you decided yet? We would like to welcome you to the family. You know what? The beauty of Christ, that He still waits for you. He's not upset that you did not respond immediately. He's not angry that you didn't turn up on the spot. This Easter is very different. We have no production. But we want to focus on the cross. We want us to really come to worship God, to experience the reality of God in our lives. I hope you have experienced Christ this Easter. Let me wrap this up and then we close. And then in John 21, I don't have time to go through verse by verse. You know the disciples after that went back to fishing, their old lives, and uh, Peter was the most dejected Lord. There's this unsettled score. He denied Christ, but Jesus still appeared to him. And secondly, <laughs> after being a disciple of Jesus Christ for three and a half years, they're in trouble. They do not know how to fish anymore. They were out in the lake the whole night trying to fish. But the Bible says they caught nothing until Jesus told them, to cast your net onto the other side and they caught 153 fish. The story is not to tell you that God will give you a lot of fish when you believe in Him. It is to tell you that Jesus is real. But on that beach, when Jesus prepared breakfast for all of them, when they came back from their fishing trip, Jesus reinstated Peter with a far greater purpose that from now on you will not just catch fish you'll be fishes of men you have denied me but I have reinstated you Jesus said friends you may have broken dreams today but the Lord will do far more for you he will bring back he will re-elect he will re-establish he will reintroduce he will renew, He will replace, He will restore, He will revive, He will recall, and He will redeem all that has been lost for you because He has been victorious on the cross. This 
is the Jesus we serve. This is the Jesus we worship. Come on, let's give Jesus a big hand.